Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, S.J., Book 3, Chapter 4, Section 4. The most ordinary things are channels of grace. In the state of abandonment, God guides the soul more safely, the more completely he seems to blind it. It is most especially with regard to souls that abandon themselves entirely to God that the words of St. John are applicable. You have no need that any man teach you, as his unction teacheth you of all things. 1 John 2.27 To know what God demands of them, they need only probe their own hearts and listen to the inspirations of this unction, which interpret the will of God according to circumstances. The divine action, concealed though it is, reveals its designs not through ideas, but intuitively. It shows them to the soul either necessarily, by not permitting any other thing to be chosen, but what is actually present, or else by a sudden impulse, a sort of supernatural feeling that impels the soul to act without premeditation, or, in the end, by some kind of inclination or aversion which, while leaving it complete liberty, yet nonetheless leads it to take or refuse what is presented to it. If one were to judge by appearances, it seems as if it would be a great want of virtue to be swayed and influenced in this manner. And if one were to judge by ordinary rules, there appears a want of regulation and method in such conduct. But in reality, it is the highest degree of virtue and only after having practiced it for a long time does one succeed. The virtue in this state is pure virtue. It is, in fact, perfection itself. One is like a musician who combines a perfect knowledge of music with technical skill. He would be so full of his art that, without thinking, all that he performed within its compass would be perfect. And if his compositions were examined afterwards, they would be found in perfect conformity with prescribed rules. One would then become convinced that he would never succeed better than when, free from the rules that keep genius in fetters when too scrupulously followed, he acted without constraint, and that his impromptus would be admired as chef de yours by all connoisseurs. Thus the soul, trained for a long time in the science and practice of perfection, under the influence of reasonings and methods of which it made use to assist grace, forms for itself a habit of acting in all things by the instincts implanted by God. It then knows that it can do nothing better than what first presents itself, without all those arguments of which it had need formerly. The only thing to be done is to act at random when unable to trust in anything but the workings of grace which cannot mislead it. The effects of grace, 
visible to watchful eyes and intelligent minds, are nothing short of marvelous. Without method, yet most exact, without rule, yet most orderly, without reflection, yet most profound, without skill, yet thoroughly well-constructed, without effort, yet everything accomplished, and without foresight, yet nothing better suited to unexpected events. Spiritual reading with the divine action often contains a meaning that the author never thought of. God makes use of the words and actions of others to infuse truths which might otherwise have remained hidden. If he wishes to impart light in this way, it is for the submissive soul to avail itself of this light. Every expedient of the divine action has an efficacy which always surpasses its apparent and natural virtue. It is the nature of abandonment always to lead a mysterious life and to receive great and miraculous gifts from God by means of the most ordinary things, things that may be natural, accidental, or that seem to happen by chance, and in which there seems no other agency than the ordinary course of the ways of the world or of the elements. In this way, the simplest sermons, the most commonplace conversations, and the least high-toned books become to these souls, by the virtue of God's will, sources of knowledge and wisdom. This is why they carefully gather up the crumbs that skeptics trample underfoot. Everything is precious in their eyes. Everything enriches them. They are inexpressibly indifferent towards all things and yet neglect nothing, having respect for and making use of all things. As God is everywhere, the use made of things by his will is not so much the use of creatures as the enjoyment of the divine action which transmits his gifts by different channels. They cannot sanctify of themselves, but only as instruments of the divine action, which has power to communicate his grace and often does communicate it to simple souls in ways and by means which seem opposed to the end intended. It enlightens through mud as well as through glass, and the instrument of which it makes use is always singular. To it, everything is alike. Faith always believes that nothing is wanting to it and never complains of the privation of means which might prove useful for its increase. Because the workman, who employs them efficaciously, supplies what is wanting by his action. The divine action is the whole virtue of the creature. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
what does it mean for God the workman to apply and employ these ordinary means efficaciously? What does efficaciously mean? It means that it brings about its effect. If something is efficacious, it causes what it means to cause. Nothing gets in its way. And God, insofar as everything exists by his power, insofar as everything is part of his providence, insofar as he is all wise, all good, and all powerful, is able to make use of all these events for his purposes as channels through which he can transmit his gifts. And so the soul, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, understanding, courage, counsel, piety, knowledge, and fear of the Lord, but especially counsel, the gift of counsel, the soul picks up what God's signaling through these events. The soul recognizes what the divine action is pointing towards. The soul is able to know by the instinctus, the inspiration, the breath of the Holy Spirit, working through all these events, how it should act. Now, Father de Cossard is talking about this guidance, this highest form of virtue, as almost the regular way that certain souls are led. That the divine action is concealed and that the soul is able to intuit by the gifts of the Holy Spirit what is to be done. Maybe by a sudden impulse, Maybe because he closes off every other avenue. Maybe by some special little inclination that it recognizes or some special aversion. The soul sees what God is doing. And this can become a very regular way of acting. And so we want to know that this is possible. For the most part, we have to do a lot of thinking. We have to do a lot of deliberating. We've got to get a lot of counsel when we're making decisions. But this soul is more like the genius in the natural realm, in the musical realm. The Holy Spirit enables people to do exactly what they should do. Although it's not clear to the soul why they're doing it here and now, except this is what God is urging them to do. But what's also important for us to realize is that this mode of operating, while not the predominant way he's acting in most people's lives, can at various times be how the Lord acts. And we have to be aware of how the Holy Spirit can sometimes make use of his gift of counsel in very difficult situations in order to help us be merciful when it's very hard to know how to be merciful outside of the Holy Spirit's guidance.
And so he gives us some kind of counsel, some kind of inspiration in which we intuitively recognize in one of these ways what we must do. And gradually over time, we learn to follow these guidances of the Holy Spirit. But let us beg the Lord each day, wherever we are, whatever state we're in, we can do nothing better than to beg the Lord for the gifts and graces of the Holy Spirit. Pray to the Lord, the giver of life. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your gifts and graces. We can never forget what Jesus said. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.